Thanks for listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Our podcast has tripled in growth over the last year, and we'd like to say thank you. It's because of you we're growing. The great thing about the podcast is that we're able to cover some edgy topics and discuss them in a very real way without having to worry about advertisers. To keep it this way and to keep it growing, we're asking you, our loyal subscribers, to give. Give at least about $5 a month minimum. Become a Patreon supporter of GP3. We will shout you out and include you in upcoming monthly e-blast. And there's more to come. At least $5. That's barely, what, giving up two gallons of gas a month? Go to our podcast page and sign up click the link to support our podcast you can do it here's the show we three from gp ran to tommy b broadcasting live on your frequency giving you updates on these georgia streets these are voices for the people that don't get to speak Issues, black news, the conversation's deep Shout out to Slick I'm Nick. going in on the beat iPods, Androids, or your laptop These boys swinging for the fence, saying lie Then came a long way from being homies on the block From afros and braids and now they at the top You want facts? This is where I get them from GP3RTT at gmail.com Send them feedback and they'll be sure to send a response I gotta go now, the show starts in 3, 2, 1 Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. GP3 Homies from the Block. And now, here's Ran and Tommy B. GP3 Homies from the Block. Hey, what's up, y'all? How you doing? Welcome back. GP3 Round 127 is in the building. Hope you had a great week or a great last week. We kick this thing off every Sunday and uh, it's round 127. Ran you in the building, man. That's right. I'm in the building, brother. <laughs> What's going on, man? Everything, man. Everything's going on, man. Hey, we have a guest also um, who is um, actually uh, new to the network. His network is is giving content uh, to our network, and uh, we're going to introduce him in just a few minutes. But um, our guest, and I'll introduce him in a few. Uh, this is what we do every week. Uh, I'm going to let Rand kind of tell the story of why we're called GP3. So you go into it, Rand. Man, well, what a tease you just gave us. <laughs> I know. What, a, what a podcast tease, man. It got me on the edge of my seat, man. Hey, I don't want to say, I don't want to say anything. I want to hit his guess, but okay, let's get going. Um, GP3 stands for Grove Park 3. Uh, we come from the Grove Park community, started by three uh, classmates from Grove Park Elementary School. My name is Rand. I live in South Elizabeth Place. Uh, the third member who's no longer with us, he's retired from the from the podcast, uh, Tut. Uh, he lived on Charlotte Place. And uh, Tommy B, where did you where did you grow up? The illustrious uh, North Avenue in the ATL. That's where I was, man. Hey, uh, is it pa- is it Patty's Day? St. Patrick's Day? Actually, is it? You know, I don't celebrate. Oh yeah, man. But it is green. I, I saw Chicago. They dump the the green in the water. I think they do it in Savannah. So, um, you know, if you got some Irish in you, or if you like to just get drunk, Happy St. Patty's Day to you, because it's it's that day. It's that it's that pub crawl kind of day, man. And uh, I, I'm gonna go ahead and do it. Uh, guest. Are you in the building, CEO? CEO Hayes? I'm here. <laughs> man, hey, Rand. Um, and- See, we done moved up, man. We got a CEO. <laughs> we got a CEO, man. We, we never had a CEO. I'm going to introduce y'all to CEO Hayes, man. Hayes is uh, part of um, the um, the Awakened Soul podcast. Am I correct in saying it? Did I say it right, Hayes? CEO? Yes, sir. Hey, hey, th- oh, hey, sir, got to go, bro. <laughs> Unless you go, yes, sir. You know, that's cool. Yeah, but uh, this ain't no police stop. We ain't, <laughs> we ain't asking for registration and ID, you know. But Pays, uh, I mean, Hayes is, uh, Hayes was on Instagram. And of course, the Potter and family, all the podcast folks, um, you know, who I'm, I'm constantly hounding people, uh, you know, and checking out other podcasts, man, just an incredible a uh, slew of talent, man. And and I, I came across his podcast, man. And the brother is like deep. He has um, so many different types of podcasts and shows. Where, where are you located, Hayes? I uh, currently live in Columbus, Ohio. You're in Columbus. Okay, cool. So you're up okay. there with 
What's uh what's the school? What's the what's that small school in Columbus? The Ohio State University, <laughs> brother. Remember that is the Ohio State University. Yeah, crank your mic up a little bit more, man. See if you crank it up a little bit more too. We 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 definitely want to make sure we hear what you say. And um and and again, the Awakened Soul podcast, we're going to get into uh, a little bit more of, of what Hayes is all about, man. I appreciate him taking his Sunday morning. Are y'all on Central Time or Eastern Time, man? Cuz I don't you don't know my time zones. Yeah. No, we're in Eastern time. Oh, man, that's much better. Damn, there we go. <laughs> Damn, we cranked it up. Yeah, man, hear that, hear that bass, man. Sound like Barry White. Down that's what I'm saying, because when I'm telling you, man, when you listen Quiet to- Quiet storm in the morning, man. I'm, I'm yeah. telling you, bro. I'm telling you, bro. When you listen to CEO Hayes, he he is kind of like, see, my voice is kind of, I go, I go, well, yeah, I go up and, you know, and Tut used to be the bass. I was the tenor. Ran, you like, what is it, the middle, the baritone, whatever. And, and I'm just garbage, man. <laughs> But when you when you listen to Hayes do his show, man, Hayes is kind of like you know laid back Barry White, but he dropping knowledge, man, and and uh, so I, I do want him to go into his show, but I, I do want to also just thank him because um, he came on uh, our network. I reached out to him. A lot of people will just say, "Man, what the hell are you gonna do with my content?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, it's just you know each one teach one share. You know, let's let's you know uh, rising. You know what is it? The rising tide. You know and and." Uh, you know, let's just do it together and, you know, we'll all get something out of it. You know, we cross promote. So uh, he was gracious enough to, to say yes. Wasn't going to cost him anything. Just, you know, just so we can cross promote each other, talk about each other's shows. You know, that's the way you went. And and I'm just really, you know, gracious and thankful that he took the time and, and uh, agreed to do it. So thank hey, you, hey, Hayes. Tommy. Thank you, Hayes, man. Tommy. Yeah. What's that? That statement you made, man. What was it? You need to say it again because I don't think a lot of brothers out there understand. That's how you do business, man. What is that? Right? The, the, the rising tide. <laughs> that's how you move ahead, man. Yeah, that's how you, you move help ahead. Help each other, man. That's how you help each other. You know, because uh, you know there are a lot of a lot of you definitely a lot of podcasts out there, man, and and uh, you know basically. Um, you know, when, when you can come together, man, and do things together in a lot of cases, it helps us all. So, you know, I'm, I'm really happy, man. And, and let me, let me, um, Hayes, tell people about, uh, the Breaks Network, what you do and your podcast. I'm, I'm going to give the floor to you for a minute, man. Go ahead. I, I appreciate that. Um, the, the Breaks Media Network, uh, it started originally, uh, one of my, my hip hop podcasts got picked up for the radio. And at the time, uh, I was part of another network and, I wanted to do a little differently. Like I see a lot of podcast networks pop up, especially in the black community, but I feel like um, a lot of the content is all similar on the networks. Like uh, the network I was on had a lot of shows that were almost all the exact same. Now nothing's wrong with that because it, it, it kind of makes sense. I understand that. But my mind behind uh, building the breaks is I wanted to have podcasts, but each podcast be completely different in the content that they carry and they talk about. That way, when you when you subscribe to the Breaks Media Network, you can get everything, every facet of the culture just from the Breaks Media Network. So we have sports, we got hip hop, we got a mental health podcast, uh, two of them, one led, led by men, one led by women. So you can get both sides of that. Um, we have mine, which talks about, you know, social and political issues. Uh, we have a gossip podcast. We have a, a music podcast that just, you know, it curates a playlist. Um so we got we got a lot of a lot of things, but each podcast really has its own lane, and uh, I, that's what I wanted to do when I created the network. I didn't want to do it the same as everyone else. I wanted to be completely multifaceted because I feel like our culture isn't just one thing. So I don't want to just box it into one type of podcast. Excellent, good stuff, man. Anything on that, Ram? Man, that's great, man. I mean, we, we you know we need networks to have a, a cornucopia of, of thought leadership, man, and um, mm -hmm. different things, you know. Um, I would be more than happy, man, if you would just say the names of those podcasts as it relates to the mental mental uh, health out there, man. Because I think, you know, brothers and sisters need to know uh, if, if they don't have the resources to go to get therapy, man, at least they can go somewhere and get some good advice. Yeah. What are those? Yeah, so the, um, ahead, the one that's led by the men is called A Few Screws Loose. Um, it's led by Dan and Paul, and they both actually suffer from uh, mental health issues. And so you get it from the perspective of someone who's had a gone out and, and sought treatment. And also, you know, they're, they're relating it as they're still continuing to deal with it because that's gonna be a part of them probably for the rest of their life. So you're, you're able to hear their journey um, through navigating through mental health issues and you can find what works for them, what hasn't worked for them. And, you know, it, it opens the dialogue, especially for black men. I think 
Uh, for so long, we were afraid to admit that we needed help or something may not be 100% right with us. So that one's very important. And then the uh, other one is called Dark Sugar, and it's led by two women um, who also uh, have been diagnosed with, with some some mental health things going on there. And uh, but they're younger. So you get it from the perspective of young women who are still coming into their womanhood, um, but are sharing their stories with you. And it, it's it's two great podcasts. I really feel like it, the content gets deep. Sometimes it gets really, really deep, but it's needed. Yeah. Good hey, stuff. Um, CEO. um do the podcasts touch on about their families? Because a lot of times, you know, a lot of these uh, uh, mental health sh- uh, shows talk about the the person themselves, the person who has the illness, but they don't really talk about the impact of the family members, the, the support mechanism around, because they actually need help too. It does. So uh, a few screws loose. Actually, he, you know, his wife is a podcast too. They have a, another podcast together, but he talks about how it relates to him, you know, how she has had to deal, deal with it and help him throughout the years and his mother he definitely they both get into the family their children everything so they they talk about it from top to bottom dark sugar um the one that's led by the women is more just personal um but again that's because they're younger so they're they don't really have families like uh dan and paul do uh, dan and paul have kids and wives and everything so you really get that full perspective on them Good okay, stuff. excellent, man. Good stuff. Hey, let me shout out uh, some of the other folks because we're we're now streaming um, the other podcast um, who who are affiliated with our network, and and let me let me explain, uh, CEO, why we stream. You know, we we really started. I started uh, with Rand to stream our taping live, and because we you know instead of just rotating our our old episodes all week. You know, I reached out to some other podcasts because I felt it was really it would be really good to put other content um, on that stream when we weren't using it for other podcasts who are looking to grow or, you know, just network uh, with, with some of our followers. So, um, you know, that's why we really stream. People say, well, why are you stream podcasts? Because, you know, I think there are two, two types of people. A lot of people are looking uh, to just go to on-demand podcasting where, you know, you can get it whenever you want it. And then there's some people who like it already curated where they can just turn it on and, and just let it roll. Uh, you know, and, and I, the way I compare it, uh, Hayes, is when, you know, like if you if you turn on TV One and the Good Times Marathon is on, you just leave it on. You don't, you know, you don't really care. You just like Good Times. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like what we do throughout the week. And, and man, shout out. Uh, to these podcasters on Sunday, like today, and I'm interrupting dope, dope black chick, but she'll be back right after we, uh, right after we finish our show. But shout out to ISIS and um, her strong support for black women uh, on Monday, man. I got to shout out Mike and Tiff. Mike and Tiff were the early ones who said yes. I reached out to Mike on Damn We Grown, the Damn We Grown podcast. By the way, uh, ISIS is the Dope Black Chick podcast, which runs today on Monday. Uh, damn, we grown, Mike and Tiff. I reached out. They said, hey, no problem. What do we need to do? They jumped on. Um, we run GP3 on Tuesday all day on Wednesday, the You Need to Know podcast. And, and I'm real excited, man, also about the Tulans. The Tulans. I got to make sure I say their name right. They um, do a relationship podcast uh, in the trenches there in the ATL um, every Thursday. So, uh, they need a reality show, man. Um, I mean, <laughs> they're the things they talk about, the stuff they talk about, man, it, it's, uh, it definitely needs a reality show. Uh, every other Thursday at eight o'clock, uh, from LA, we do Sanyu Estelle. Rand, you've heard Sanyu Estelle. She, she's covered on the show a few times and, uh, she does a right. podcast called get at the root. And, um, then Friday, man, this is my, my guilty pleasure podcast is a seat at the table. Um, uh, Gail and uh, shout out to Gail, uh, pop culture, fashion, music. I know Rand, have you heard a seat at the table? You familiar with, uh, no, with Gail? What about you, one. CEO Hayes? You check, have you checked it out? Gail? I have not table. yet, but I'm definitely going to. Man, she's, I call, she like, she's like Wendy Williams on steroids. What kind? No, I can't say that because Wendy's still, Wendy's still crazy as, as shown by the, the, the attack on Howard Stern. That was, okay, we'll get into that later. But, and Saturday, of course, um, you know, CEO Hayes with the Awaken Soul podcast. So, um, man, shout out again. Thank you, Breaks Media. I appreciate it, man. You gonna hang with us? You wanna hang with us a little bit? 
longer. You got yeah, to roll. I'm for a little while. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, um, let me let me go um, to the next thing. We've got uh, we shout out Women's History Month. Just about we've done we've done that just about every week. And uh, I want to shout out Marvel Studios um, and and Captain Marvel. Um, I didn't mention this last week. The numbers had just come out. But man, first female led superhero movie um, that that's done this kind of number. Four hundred and fifty five million global box office. Sixth biggest opening in movie history. Uh, Shout out to Brie Brie Larson. And uh, all the crew, man, um, second biggest opening for a comic book uh, after um, Avengers Infinity War. Uh, CEO, y'all, y'all talk about Marvel and you talk about um, all the different um, all the different elements of uh, elements of, uh, of Marvel. What are your thoughts about uh, have you seen the movie first and what do you think about how this movie did last week? Yeah, I I saw the movie first weekend, as I typically do, especially with Marvel movies. Um, I I really enjoyed the movie. I think that they changed because I'm I'm a comic book guy. So they changed a lot from the comics to fit the MCU. And it all made sense while still paying respect to that part of the audience Mm -hmm. um, who are huge comic book fans. Uh, The film itself, I think it really captured kind of that. Like what in the first ten minutes of watching it, it captured that vibe of when the MCU first started. Like when I first sat down and watched Iron Man and couldn't believe that I was seeing an Iron Man movie, mm-hmm. I got that same vibe, and I haven't got that from a while from the MCU because you know we we've come to expect you sit down, you know it's going to be awesome, you enjoy it, but it was it, you felt like you were watching something that was definitely done for the first time. And they put a lot of love and care into it. I might have my issues with, with kind of the plot part parts of it, but just as a film, a stand standalone movie, it was great. And I like how they, the story that they told with Carol, and I like how they set her up for Endgame. They really have set her up to be the most powerful person in the MCU, really. Wow, wow. So were you, um, were you surprised by how well it did? At this point with Marvel, no. I mean, anytime you have, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy becoming almost a billion dollar film and Ant-Man doing what it what it did, I wasn't surprised that it did as well. I mean, the last thing you see in Avengers Infinity War is the Captain Marvel uh, sign. So that was like the best promotion they could do. They could have honestly not even came out with the trailer. That was going to be enough for most people to see it. So I wasn't really surprised by how well it did. I think it was well deserved. One more thing, man, and, and we'll uh, we'll get into our news. But I, I do want to ask you: Do you think DC has a chance against Marvel now? Because Marvel's got so much freaking traction, man. I I, th- I think the thing is, is that we need to stop looking at it as DC versus Marvel. I think really? DC's doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that we've that we compared, and even DC, not just us as fans, but DC tried so bad to catch up with Marvel quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, when they did the Justice League, they were trying to capitalize on the buzz from the Avengers. They wanted to catch up. And it and it hurt them. It hurt, them as fan, it hurt the fans. It hurt uh, them as movie makers. When you see Aquaman, and Aquaman really didn't really play much off Justice League. It was a billion-dollar movie. It was a solid movie. It was just a fun movie. I think that you see now that they're really starting to get comfortable doing their own thing. Shazam, too. Mm-hmm. Shazam doesn't look like anything we've seen from the MCU or DC, they're not trying to make it overly dark or anything. So I don't think that we need to compare it to Marvel. I get it; they're both comic book movies. Mm-hmm. I think once we learn to appreciate the DC movies just as what they are, mm-hmm. it, it it'll find its own fan base and audience. But you know what, uh, CEO? I think they they created that that whole vibe. Yeah. They started that. They even even before the movies and the TV shows as comics, they were pitting each other against. You know, they they pitted their universe against. Uh, the Marvel Universe. You know what I mean? So, I, I you know, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I agree that, uh, you know, if they both stay in their lane and uh, deal with their fan base, they'll do well. But for some reason, you just can't let it go. I mean, I, I can't let it go because I remember the comics. But, but I agree with you. I agree with you on that. All right. Cool, man. Hey, uh, CEO, we do this thing every week. It's a recap of the news and then we jump into topics. So, 
Uh, we're going to get into the week that was, ch- just kind of hang out, kick back, and uh, check out the stories from last week. An Ethiopian Airlines passenger plane bound for Nairobi crashed minutes after takeoff Sunday, killing all 157 people on board. This is the same plane, a Boeing 737 MAX 8, that also crashed in Indonesia in October. The MAX 8 is a new model. Here's Kenya's Transport Cabinet Secretary, James Macaria. When the flight took off from Bole International Airport, and six minutes later, um, it got lost in terms of radar surveillance. According to a published report, eight of the victims were Americans. Soon after being released from jail and making a $161,000 child support payment, there is another allegation against R. Kelly. A Pennsylvania man says he found an old VHS tape that is evidence Kelly abused girls. Gary Dennis also said he doesn't know Kelly. Dennis contacted attorney Gloria Allred and said he had a moral duty to give the tape to law enforcement. President Trump wants to spend more money on the military and the border wall while overhauling social programs for the poor in a budget plan that Democrats say is dead on arrival. Acting Budget Director Russ Volt talked about the $4.7 trillion budget. This budget contains nearly $2.7 trillion in savings, more spending reductions proposed than any administration in history. This budget will balance in 15 years. Under this plan, which is unlikely to become law, the FY2020 budget would include $8.6 billion for the wall. Former Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams says a presidential run is definitely on the table. No word if or when she will make an announcement. British lawmakers have voted to reject leaving the European Union without a deal in any scenario, paving the way for a vote to seek to delay Brexit until at least the end of June. The eyes to the right, 312. The nose to the left, 308. After two and a half years of negotiations and two failed attempts to pass a Brexit deal proposed by Prime Minister Theresa May, the vote against a no-deal exit still leaves undecided how, when, and on what terms Britain will leave the European Union. May has already said she will not seek re-election in 2022, but there's already pressure from inside her own Conservative Party for her to quit within the next few weeks if she cannot deliver Brexit on time. It's being called the biggest U.S. college fraud ever. Federal authorities arrested dozens of people Tuesday for a $25 million scheme to help wealthy American parents. It included actresses Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin. It also included some CEOs who used the scheme to cheat their children's way into elite universities. The FBI uncovered what we believe is a rigged system, robbing students all over the country of their right at a fair shot to getting into some of the most elite universities in this country, such as Yale, Stanford, and Georgetown. That's FBI Special Agent Joseph Bonavolanta. The college admissions scam was run out of a small college preparation company in California that relied on bribes to college coaches, phony test takers, and even doctored photos depicting non-athletic applicants as elite competitors. President Trump's former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was sentenced to about three and a half more years in prison, this time on conspiracy counts. He was also hit with a fresh set of criminal charges in New York and drew sympathy from the president, who declined to say whether he would issue a pardon. Manafort's lawyer is Kevin Downing, who spoke outside the court while protesters shouted in the background. Very sad. Very sad day for such a callous, harsh sentence that is totally unnecessary. Much like this. Manafort will serve a total of seven and a half years. Empire actor Jussie Smollett pleaded not guilty today in a Chicago courtroom. He faces 16 counts, all connected to an alleged hate crime hoax. Smollett's lawyer entered the plea on his behalf. His next court date is scheduled for April 17th. Actor Terrence Howard was in the courthouse to show support for Smollett, who plays his son on Empire. The Republican-controlled Senate has voted to block President Trump's emergency declaration for his border wall. The A's are 59, the nays are 41, the 
joint resolution is passed. It was a bipartisan repudiation of Mr. Trump's decision to take money designated for various programs and redirect it to building the wall along the U.S.-Mexico border. Mitt Romney was one of 12 Republicans to vote against the president. For me, this is a constitutional question. It's a question about the balance of power that is core to our Constitution. The president has vowed to veto the resolution. The college admission scandal that erupted this week has led to several lawsuits accusing rich, well-connected parents and prestigious schools of conspiring to admit those parents' children at the expense of the less affluent. Lawsuits were filed a day after federal prosecutors said a California company made about $25 million from parents seeking spots for their children in top U.S. schools, including Georgetown, Stanford, and Yale University. Plus, actress Lori Laughlin has been dropped from her roles on the Hallmark Channel after she was charged in connection to the scam. And Beto O'Rourke has joined the presidential race and says he plans to stay positive. Critically important that we not denigrate or demean any other candidate. Don't talk about their personal lives. The former Texas congressman joins the crowded Democratic field and leaves only one other high-profile candidate still undeclared. He is frontrunner and former vice president Joe Biden. A mass shooting in New Zealand. The total number of people who have died in this horrendous event are 49. That's New Zealand's National Police Commissioner Mike Bush. At least one gunman killed those 49 people and wounded more than 20 others during Friday prayers at two New Zealand mosques in the country's worst ever mass shooting. So far, one person, a male in his late 20s, has been charged with murder. A gunman broadcast live footage on Facebook of the attack on one mosque in the city of Christchurch. Before that, he published a manifesto in which he denounced immigrants calling them invaders. Police say three people are now in custody. Security around mosques in the U.S. has been beefed up. President Trump has signed a veto after 12 Republicans joined Democrats and voted against his national emergency declaration. Congress has the freedom to pass this resolution, and I have the duty to veto it, and I'm very proud to veto it. While there are not enough votes to override the president's veto, the bipartisan vote in the Senate on Thursday approving the measure was a slap at Mr. Trump after his decision to circumvent Congress and take money already designated for other programs to pay for a U.S.-Mexico border wall. Hey, and that's the week that was. Uh, Big thanks to our friend Mike. Mike uh, is a friend of the show for giving us his headlines. Uh, Ray, what's there out for you this week, man? Among <laughs> among the thousands and thousands of things that happened, but uh, what really stood out for you most, man? Well, I mean, first and foremost, man, I want to give our prayers out to our brothers and sisters down in New Zealand, man. That's just a, another a horrific uh, incident, and I do give credit to the uh, the prime minister down there who is vowing to change um, the gun laws. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Um, so she, that woman shows a significant amount of courage. She's not worried about Twitter like our um, elected officials. Our elected officials are more scared of Twitter than they are than voters. Agreed. Um, uh, I think the thing that, that that's um, that, that I found quite, I would say amusing, but at the same time, it does not shock them. It's this whole cheating scandal, man. I mean, it, this is another example of white privilege. And um, and noticing how whites are trying to rationalize this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting is that the comments that I've read, uh, the people who are alleged to have done these things are more concerned about being embarrassed, mm-hmm. not necessarily saying I did the wrong thing. Yeah. And also to what it says, to the, and, 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 you know, and, and I see they're trying to victimize the students who are involved. Mm-hmm. My belief is very simple. These students know what the SAT scores are. Yeah. Yep. They know that. They know whether or not they got the SAT scores to get into Harvard mm-hmm. or Yale or whatever. And you see a four hundred point jump. Come, give me a break. <laughs> yeah. 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 Give me a break, man. Because because studies show that usually when people take those uh, those tutor tutorial programs, um, you can expect probably a hundred to hundred and fifty point jump. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. So uh, you know the fact is that they're trying to say that these students didn't know. That's bullshit, right there. They knew. Yeah, they knew. They knew. Hey, um, they knew. Yeah, CEO. You know, what, what stood out for you, man? Um, I mean, definitely the the college fraud. I think that was like the biggest um, jaw dropper for me as well. Um, but <clears throat> to step away and, and just you know to point out something different, you know, R. Kelly. Well, I don't think it was like a big shock 
I, I think more so when you look at how the public opinion on him turned so quickly, mm-hmm. rightfully so, um, after that documentary, it's all coming crashing down around him. And a lot of these allegations and stuff that come out have been around for years, decades, in fact, with some of them. Mm-hmm. But that Surviving R. Kelly documentary really got the ball rolling on a lot. And just to see almost every facet of his life crumbling, he got dropped from a record label, his home and studio is about to get foreclosed on, child support, like, it it, it goes to show you can only outrun, so karma catches up with you. I guess it's just to, to, to simplify it. And, you know, I'm, I'm for one, I'm happy to see, well, happy is, I guess, too strong of a word because you, you don't, you're never happy to see someone be this de- this deprived, but, um, it's good to see that justice is finally coming down. Yeah, that, that's the that's the good way to put it. I agree. I agree. Nobody wants to see you don't want to you don't want to revel in somebody else's demise, you know, but but you do want to see justice. And uh, yeah, I want to see yeah. justice. He's a yeah. fucking animal, man. Yeah, he's an animal, man. Let's just be honest. Yeah. But I do believe I do agree with the CEO that R. Kelly documentary changed a lot of people's point of view. And I think it changed actually more men's point of view mm-hmm. than women. Yeah. I think women believed the victims. I think in the black community, there are a lot of men that still have this belief of women trying to set them up. Mm-hmm. And they have studies that show that when it comes to uh, uh, crimes or allegations about uh, sexual assault, black women are less likely to form uh, uh, inaccurate uh, allegations than white women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and and so, you know, I think it changed more black men. I think because I can remember back in the day, black guys were like saying, you know, I, I don't know about all that, you know. But now I think with, because of that documentary, brothers are waking up saying, this guy's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. Just too much. Cons- yeah. There's there's too much uh, consistency on the negative side, you know, too much bad. Um, and, and they're not even I, I guess, you know, everybody's moved away from the word rumors when it comes when it comes to R. Kelly. Because the videos, you know, you, you're getting videos, you're getting more uh, more witnesses, you're getting more people who are whistleblowing. So, you know, a lot of this, a lot of this stuff was unsubstantiated back in the day. And, and as the years have gone on, there's been more uh, corroborating evidence to prove a lot of these rumors. So, um, yeah, I don't think he has a chance, man. I think um, I don't know, man. I, I mean, we'll see when this thing goes to trial. Um, but, uh, I, I would be shocked if he gets away from with this man. I mean, it, it's like, uh, 45 and R Kelly are Teflon and one is, is eventually going to go down. And I think, uh, R Kelly's going to be first. Okay. So, um, stepping away, moving on New Zealand. I do want to mention this. Um, our, 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 our quote unquote president wants to really downplay the white nationalist growth and the statistics. I, I saw this um, on one of the morning news shows, Sunday morning shows, and uh, white nationalist crimes are up. This is, you know, you guys are aware of the uh, Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, and it shows that white crime, uh, nationalist crime, is up 50%. Overall, hate crimes are only up 7%. So it's discouraging, disheartening, not surprising that he just won't um, condemn white nationalism uh, in his own words. And even to the point what really bothered me about the statement from the White House was the fact that even though they did, you know, send out thoughts, prayers, uh, they won't acknowledge the Muslim community. Or he didn't. And it was interesting because I heard the New Zealand, uh, uh, the uh, our, our, what do you call it, our ambassador to New Zealand. I mean, he really said that I am apologizing on my behalf, along with my wife and my family. And, and I, I was thinking, and I'm like, dude, you should be doing this for the White House. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not, not you know, because the, um, the, um, the reporter kept pressing him. Well, are you doing this on behalf of the president, the White House? And he refused. He said, well, I'm doing it on my behalf. And that's just so telling to me, you know, and it, it's disheartening when, as you said, Rand, you know, the New Zealand prime minister is like, look, we're going to take care of 
this gun issue, that's going to be gone. We're about to outlaw, you know, you know, so so it was it was, you know, I, I hate to rant and go on and on about this. But, you know, it, it bothers me when people keep the gaslighting and the denials going about the truth in a lot of this. And, and that's that's just disheartening, man. It, it, you know, well, what you know, what you does know, it say? Me. Yeah. Well, you know, I was watching a couple of the news shows this morning. And it was amazing watching these political figures like uh, Chris Christie and, 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 and the ambassador. Yeah. All these guys are Republicans and stuff. And even some Republican strategists. They do not. They have a hard time calling it out, man. Yeah. And why I would mean, you? I mean, why would you have a hard it, it, time? It's not just, it's not, <laughs> it's not just Trump, man. <laughs> you know, you got to understand. These guys are so afraid these guys are so afraid of the social media backlash from a from a fringe group. Yeah. Uh, because I guess some of them think they still have political aspirations or whatever. Um, you know, it's, it's just amazing, man, how I'm seeing that white people have a hard time calling it out. See, mm-hmm. they're always quick to talk about some redneck in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but they won't talk about the, 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 you know, and I call it the high end uh, nationalism. So mm-hmm. white supremacy behavior they, yeah. they don't want to talk call that because then what happens is it puts a mirror on them because then you're they're having conflicts with their own beliefs yeah yeah if they if they make those statements but you know these guys are scared of trump man you know that it is what it is yeah anything ceo before we move i mean i agree with basically everything that was said i think that um trying to get trump to acknowledge white nationalism is is going to be probably one of the hardest things to do because that's his base. Yeah. And as much as certain Trump supporters, when he was running, they said, well, you know, he, he's going to be able to not be a slave to anyone because he is running completely on his own. He's paying for him. Listen, Trump is the biggest slave to his demographic, probably really of any president that we've had in recent memory. Yeah. Um, because if he steps outside of what his support group is, he has no basis anywhere else. He doesn't have the ability to try to go and get the black vote. He doesn't have the ability to try to go and get um, any um, votes from the left. Like Trump is locked into his demographic. They've taken him this far, but he's not going to acknowledge white nationalism um, because if he does, then we'll really start to see everything crumble around Trump. So that it's never going to happen, but it definitely exists. And that's why I, I like that platforms like ours, platforms like the ones that call it out, we need to be doing that because he's definitely not going to do it. He's going to sit up there and excuse everything he possibly can. Yeah, and, and you know what I think? Uh, we're branding guys. Um, it's no different than uh, the Republican Party bought uh, the name Trump and put it on their building. And and basically his brand is, is carrying, and, and Rand, you mentioned this often, um, it's either going to carry this party to the top or off the cliff because um, and, and he's a mercenary. You know, he knows who's paying his bills right now and um, and he's going to stick to it. And, and you're absolutely right, CEO, if, if he doesn't stick to it and stick to uh, the talking points and, and stick to the bases needs then basically he will, everything around him will crumble. And, and that was shown even when, uh, what's her name? Um, the crypt keeper, uh, <laughs> from, <laughs> what's, what's her name? The book, the writer, I, I, I just, you know, um, and what's her name, Rand? Come on now. Um, the, the writer, um, damn, I, I just cannot think of her name. It's going to hit me in just a minute. Um, but, uh, but she, that's well, Ann Coulter. Oh, Ann Coulter. When Ann Coulter starts calling him out, I'm like, oh, you know. And oh, man, that's Lucifer, man. <laughs> I think she's acknowledged, you know. Uh, but uh, funniest thing, by the way, is um, you remember the roast that she was on? It was somebody else's roast and they were roasting her. I mean, that's just, that's just how much people, you know, don't like her. So, um, yeah, I mean, 45's got, yeah, it, it's a challenge, man. And it's unfortunate, but uh, you, you don't like to just say the thoughts and prayers thing, but, but really to the Muslim community, to the community of New Zealand, New Zealand, who messes with like New Zealand is the least controversial or complicated uh, country. I mean, would you say in the world? And and it's, it's just amazing that they would choose New Zealand to go after 
um, you know, shocking. But but um, hopefully, you know, that uh, will will um, go after, the, you know, the group and not just that individual. Uh, moving on, Ethiopian Airlines. Uh, I do want to just give an upda- update on this. Um, they found a second piece of information suggesting um, that uh, there are similarities, by the way, between the two crashes on that Boeing 737 MAX 8. Um, so I would, I, I'm pretty sure this thing's going to be grounded. These planes going to be grounded indefinitely. Um, you know, prayers to the Ethiopian families, uh, the U.S. families, all the families who were on that plane. You know, air safety, man, it, it was amazing to me that Boeing hesitated in the U.S. after those two planes. One, one plane, I guess, in India uh, months ago, almost eight months ago, and then recently this week. Um, but but why would you hesitate and take a chance versus going ahead and shutting shutting everything down? So finally, I think all the pieces and pl- pieces are in place to to prove that there is a challenge with that plane. So I'm not going to get into detail about the jack screws and the wreckage that they found. But the bottom line is they they've uh, they've all been grounded, and that's I think that's you know, was was good interesting. News. What's interesting, brother, uh, about 20 years ago, remember they had the Tylenol scare by J&J? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. And remember how J&J leadership, they took the lead and said, we're going to take this shit off the market. They took period. everything off. Yep. We're they, taking it off the market. I mean, it was no hesitation. Where, none, none whatsoever. Again, again, uh, to, uh, to quote Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, these guys prefer commerce over conscience. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that's what it's about. This is about greed, man. And, um, you know, Trump is trying to claim or tout the fact that he was behind this. This, um, I think they did some type of moratorium uh, this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was basically shareholders, basically said to, telling Boeing, uh, "You you need to you need to get your act together." Yeah, yeah. So again, it's greed, man. This this money thing, you you can't underestimate it, man. No, you can't. You can't. Not at all. Speaking of money. Uh, the college cheating thing. Um, the root.com, um, shout out to Monica, uh, Monique Judge at The Root. She did, uh, had an article that came out as soon as this story hit. And basically, here's the, here's the title of the article This White People College Cheating Scam is the perfect example of why we need affirmative action. Um, I, I posted that on Instagram. And immediately got heat. I mean, not from Instagram, but from people who were saying, why are y'all making this about race? Yada, yada. Rand, what are, you th- what are your thoughts? I mean, you've already mentioned. Well, this is yeah. white folks' affirmative action, man. It's called cheating, man. <laughs> I mean, that's what this is, man. This is white folks. I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, in the past. Yeah. In the, in the past, the way they got around it was they donated a building. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the school got benefit out of it. Well, and you know what? Let me, let me say this, Rand. When your dad or your mom or your granddad or your great granddad gives fifty million to a school, typically you gonna get in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, dude, dude, dude. So, it's, it's, this, this is. Um, I mean, but it, but it was, but it was above board. You know what I mean? I mean, it was above board. Go ahead. I'm sorry. When I was in college, I I interned my senior year in the missions office at the university I went to, and I went to a very selective university. Okay. Every year, the president would make a phone call, and he would just say, how's the application of this student right here? And we would say something. Then he would say something like, I want you guys to really look out for that application because I, uh, I mm-hmm. believe that that student, would, I believe that student would really make a great contribution to, to the, to the uh, community here. Yep. We knew what that meant. So basically, the president got like 10 spots a year. Mm-hmm. What you saw here was basically finding the side door. And I know about this side door because my daughter was a, a college athlete. Mm-hmm. When a coach is recruiting a student, the coach goes to the admissions office and says, look, I have these five students right here. I really want them on my team. The admissions office will then give the coach a couple passes. It might be five students they met, they met maybe one or two, whatever it is. And so these parents figured out a way to go through that side door. Yep. And, uh, and what they were doing was they were actually paying the coaches or administrators. The school. So in many instances, the schools did not know what was going on. Wow. 
Yeah. They did not know what was going on. Because I can tell you, the coaches are walking down there and say, like, look, I want this kid right here. And the school will look at the records and say, okay, yeah, we'll yeah. do it. Like, yeah. for example, Stanford. The average SAT at Stanford is around 1,500, something like that. But the average athlete SAT is around 1,200. Mm-hmm. So that's a 300-point gap difference right there. Yeah. So the rationale is these students are going to bring something to the table. In other words, they're going to generate money for us. Mm. So we're willing to take this 200 or $300, I mean, not dollar, but point in decrease because this kid's going to bring in $60 million. Mm. Yeah. So it's a whole big, it's a whole big thing. But you know, what it did show is that these students need to understand that you are so dumb <laughs> that your parents are going to get fucking arrested because of your, how stupid you are. Yeah. And you're talking a total of 50 people, 33 parents, nine coaches. No, no, no. They said it might be up to 750 families. Wow. Wow. This thing is so pervasive because what they did was they focused on sports, what they call non-revenue sports, where you don't have to give out scholarships. Wow. So these kids did not take scholarships away. I mean, that's a big rumor. They didn't take scholarships away. What they did was they took a spot away in a class. Mm-hmm. They did not take financial aid away, anything like that. They took away a seat. Mm. That's the that's the sad thing about it is they took away a seat. And they said they talked to the um, one of the guys at the firm. They said they estimated over seven hundred and fifty families might have been involved in this thing. Wow. Mm. Damn. CEO, what you got? But man? it show it. No, go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. Finish, finish up. I mean, it just shows that. Way white boys get ahead is cheat, man. That's it. Man. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's their game plan. You got to cheat, man. Change the rules, cheat. <laughs> Go ahead, CEO. <laughs> no, I mean I think that Rand's, Rand, really By the way, by the way, Rand's just gonna throw that blanket. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Go ahead. Go ahead, CEO. Hey man, I'm part white, man. I can say it. <laughs> I am too, so I can say it. But um, I think any anyone who says or questions why are you throwing race into this is really missing the bigger picture. Um, this is absolutely at least somewhat a racial issue because you know why these white families were able to do this. Yeah. Some of them were celebrities, but not all of them, but this highlights the fact that white, white people were able to build generational wealth when we weren't mm. black. people weren't able to build that black people weren't, were stuck in the living in certain areas, stuck with certain jobs for decades and decades and decades and still somewhat to this day now. Um, and that's why you, you see um, things like this are able to happen and people call it out as white privilege Mm -hmm. because this is absolutely a privilege that's built into the society of America that white people were able to garner wealth the way they were and build it up and build it up and build it up to the point now to where you're you're buying your, your kid, your dumbass kids way into college, which they didn't earn it. You're taking away a possible spot from a kid, regardless of color who, who, who earned their way going to the school, who fought probably tooth and nail to learn, to to study, to be able to score enough to get into a college that they want. And just because the this other kid comes from a parent, a, a family that's able to pay their way in and they're dumb as hell. Like it, it's it, it. This is really what America is built on. When you look at it, this is the foundation of this country that we live in. Mm-hmm. And I'm Say glad that again, stuff man. like this happens. When people yeah. talk about the melting pot and all this, yes, black people built this company. So let's not get that twisted. But the foundation of America is white privilege and 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 white people taking what they want. Look at look at how we got. How, look at how Americans got into this country. None of us are from here, but the people who are native of this country are what. Living on reservations because this is what America is built on. They take what the fuck they want to Hmm. manifest. There you go. Hey, um, a couple of things as, and and I want to move on to 2020, the 2020 watch Beto O'Rourke announced this week. And, um, I saw an article, I think this was NBC news. And did you see, I don't know if you saw this Rand. the top 10 things about Beto O'Rourke. No substance should be number one. <laughs> but but let, let me read the list, okay? Now, we're talking about somebody who's running for president in probably one of the most important presidential elections, maybe, of our, I, I don't know. I mean, the last, I, I thought 2016 was the most important of our lifetime, but 2020 is shaping up to be that. But 10 things, okay? The number one thing, he's he met his wife on a blind date. Number two, worked as a nanny. Number three, 
politics in the family. His dad, I think, was uh, an alderman. Number four, he won some elections. He was five and zero before he lost to Cruz. Number number five, he was a punk kid. He played in a punk rock band. Number six, he had an arrest record. Uh, he was arrested in 95 for sneaking under a fence, 98. Um, he was, I think, in a DUI where he was speeding with a truck. No, I'm sorry, he was speeding with a truck. This is and typical white boy suburban <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> and then, I'm not finished, I'm not finished. <laughs> Number seven, skateboards. Number eight, he likes great books. He named his kids, he, the, the Odyssey, Homer. Uh, and so he named his kids after some of the characters in these books. Number nine, they talked about his nickname. And number 10, um, people are saying he's born to run. What substance? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so you know, why is, I, I just, you know, it, it boggles my mind. We're talking about the presidency. And nothing against keeping it light. Nothing against, you know, fluff articles. But when you're talking about somebody running for president, you know, I'm looking for credentials. I don't see credentials. I mean, is it me? See, I'm gonna let you you roll. We always I mean, do. You see credentials in, in Beto? I mean, at all? Are you are you excited? You know, you 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 younger than we are. So, are you excited about that? <laughs> Slightly, right? <laughs> no, no, I'm really not. Yeah, no, I'm not. I don't know if it's the age or what now, but no, <laughs> I'm not. I, 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 it, it scares me, but it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. Rand, um, what do you think? You already said it. <laughs> man, I, I mean, yeah, man. I, I mean, this, this guy has no substance, man. I mean, this is a, back to what the CEOs, this is another example of just white privilege, man. Yeah. This a, a, a example, man. And, you know, it basically shows that, that saying that I tell my daughters all the time. Yeah. White boys always get the benefit of the doubt. We have to have credentials. Hmm. Well, well, here's, here's my thing. If I'm looking at and the reason I mentioned that is in comparison, Stacey Abrams was talking about running for 2020. And I do want to get to another article about her as, as the assignment for folks to check out next week or this weekend. But um, when you compare how people are talking about Stacey Abrams and her credentials versus Beto, I it, it's. You know, I'll, I'll get to that article in a few, but it's it's discouraging. It, it really is. When when you look at the top 10 things about Beto in this article, you just kind of shake your head. But but we'll, we'll see how this whole thing shakes. But, out. but you know what's yeah. funny, man? All this energy right now, if you notice in, on the Democratic candidate side, it's been focused around white males. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this, you know, everyone keeps saying, you know, that the Democratic Party is going to be this diverse thing, this diverse party. We're going to probably see women and not. But right now, all the energy, all the media attention has been focused on the white men. Yeah. Whether it's Joe Biden, who hasn't, you know, that's a whole nother issue right there. <laughs> but, I mean, but, you know, it's uh, uh, <sighs> Bernie, uh, Beto, you know, it's. But you know what, Rand, you know, again, you, you say what? that. Um I'm not going to lie to you. When it comes down to substance, Elizabeth Warren is making more sense than anybody. I mean, I, I mean, that's my opinion. And I'm sure you guys have your own opinion as well. But you're, I think you're absolutely right. The, the, the men are getting uh, more exposure for a bullshit platform, you know. And, um, and, and, you know, I think uh, even Kamala Harris, I mean, when you look at uh, some of the things that she's proposing and talking about, um, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, you know, for being a, a skateboarder in a punk band, okay. I mean, you know, he's setting himself up. If, if we put this guy against 45 in 2020, it's 45, four more years. I guarantee you. Guarantee you. I'll leave it at that. Hey, moving along real quick because we we getting we getting tight on time. Forty five. I mean, uh, CEO, you alright, man? You alright? I'm good, man. All right, cool, cool. Uh, as the White House turns, um, I want to mention this article: um, Washington Post. Uh, Nancy Pelosi said this this week on impeaching Trump. He's just not worth it. What do y'all think? <laughs> I mean, is she is she? Lowering expectations? 
Is there a strategy in that? Because she pissed a lot of people off. Rand, I'll let you start with it, man. Um, well, I, I think from a political, I think you have to look at it two ways. From a political standpoint, I understand what she's saying. Because the last time they did an impeachment with Bill Clinton, it actually hurt the Republicans. Mm. Because or, they or did, did it hurt the, the Democrats or the oh, okay. no, oh, hurt, it, Yeah, no, because the Republicans hurt, were going after him so hard. Yeah, I got right. you. I got you. It actually yeah. it helped Clinton. Yeah, yeah. So because people started feeling sorry, so people started feeling right. sorry for Clinton. Yeah, go ahead. Right. So I think from a political standpoint, I know where she's going at because at the at the end of the day, the bar of justice basically says is that the crimes that that are alleged have to be so unrefutable that it will it will require a bipartisan support. I think she understands that they don't have that until they see what Mueller has to say. Mm, okay. Okay. But in terms of doing your job mm-hmm. as the Constitution dictates, an impeachment probably should occur. But again, you have to understand it from the what should happen versus the politics. So yeah. that's what she's balancing out right now. Yeah. But I do believe that your job is to do what the Constitution says you have to do. Yeah, I think if I think it is, is. Absolutely. I agree. They got to do their job. Yeah. CEO, what you got? No, I agree with that. I think um, there's a lot of risk in trying to go for impeachment. But at the end of the day, if the evidence is there, if I mean, I, I think the evidence is there. I think his his actions alone, um, especially with a lot of what came out in the Cohen testimony, um, it, it, it at least deserves being looked into. And if impeachment can move forward, then do it. Mm-hmm. No questions. No matter what the risk involved is, he can do way more risk being the president for four more additional years than trying to go out and impeach the man. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, I'm in agreement with Pelosi to some extent. Um, I just I agree with you, though, Rand, um, which which I think we we all see. And we, I remember, you and I remember, uh, CEO, you, you might remember as well, um, how people became sympathetic for Clinton during those impeachment hearings. And this guy needs no sympathy. I mean, I, I'm, I'm beyond sympathetic um, to the negative when it comes down to 45 based on even going back to the Central Park Five. Um, I mean, I've never and, and, and I've said this on the show several times. I've never watched The Apprentice, never really supported the clothing or anything about him because um, he lost me completely uh, back in the day with that Central Park Five issue. And then it, it became even more of a problem for me to support him when he did the birther thing with Obama. Uh, I, I just you know, it, it was just, um, you know, so I. I just, you know, it's hard for me to forget all of that and be sympathetic for this guy. So I agree. If there's any chance um, or any issue um, or any, well, any chance that sympathy can be built up by going after him so hard or just be focused on impeachment, then then uh, I agree with her her statement. Um, one more thing, uh, and, and before we get off the White House, um, the uh, veto and the border emergency declaration uh, Rand, any any thoughts on that, man, um, in terms of how it went down this week? Um, well, you know, some people are very premature about this is a Republican revolt. No, this is not a revolt, man. They just basically said these guys voted in terms of the Constitution. Yeah, that's, that's it. It's about. It, it, it had nothing to do with the policy. They knew this he was going to veto. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, yeah. They, so, they, they really had nothing to lose. Right. You, you know, right. and they do polling. They know how their folks think. And Rand Paul is consistent with his, you know, his his uh, constitutional theories and, and his philosophies. And, and they just stuck to their philosophies, but they knew it was going to be vetoed. So. All right. Uh, anything else, CEO, on that on the White House, man, before we move? Yeah. No, no, I agree with you, though. They they it, this this whole the whole process of where this veto and, and the state of emergency is going to go. It's been laid out almost since the beginning. So they, they everyone should be aware of how this is going to go. Yeah. It's been it's been there. Yep. Agreed. Hey, um, my my assignment for this week, um, I, I'm going to post this on the uh, podcast page. There's an article. Uh, Paste magazine uh, had this article this week. And, and I really recommend you guys read this. Um, excuse me. Let me take a sip here. OK. All right. Um, 
America uh, preferring Beto over Stacey Abrams tells you all you need to know about America. And and that that title, that article, uh, which is by J- Jacob Wilding, um, it came out this week. I'm, I'll post that on the podcast page uh, for all the reasons why we talked about earlier. This is an excellent article. I think it really gives you uh, some insight into why uh, everybody's so gaga for Beto. <laughs> I guess I, 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 I ain't with them, but I'll make sure we post that on the podcast page. OK, uh, Rand, you got anything? What you got, man? Um, man, you know, just a couple, you know, a couple things, you know, just some positive things, you know, like today, um, celebrating a couple birthdays today, man. I think, you know, a lot of a lot of us would probably like to hear about. Uh, one is uh, the Luther Vandross of his day. Nat King Cole was born on this day, man. There you go. Uh, you know, and, you know, people don't people don't, you know, know him as Natalie Cole's dad, but re- people don't realize he was the first black man or oh, African-American to have his own TV show. And can you believe it's been like 50 years of Nat King Cole? Well, I guess he's been dead for over 15 over 50. He died yeah. in 63. Yeah. They talk about his music. Yeah, over 50. Yeah, he was years. only 45 yeah. when he passed. Wow. Mm. And uh Frank Sinatra said that was Nat King Cole and Tony Bennett said he, he was their favorite singer. They they would listen to him. Mm. Uh, Cynthia McKinney uh, the, the congressman who called out the Bush administration about uh, 9-11 when others were afraid to. Unfortunately, she got banished for that. She took a big hit today, for that. Yeah. Right. She, today is her birthday. Um, a, a little known black history fact, man, uh, on this day, Bayard Rustin was born. A lot of people don't know who Bayard Rustin. He was the guy that masterminded uh, the March on Washington. And also he was the guy that gave Dr. King the foundation of following Gandhian principles. And, um, and he was a gay brother, too. Oh, yeah. um, so he was born on this day. Uh, tomorrow will be Vanessa Williams' birthday, former Miss America. Vanessa? And, uh, yeah, I got some stories about her offline. And another positive note, man, Missy Elliott is going to be the first hip-hop female to be honored by the Berkeley School of Music. Love it, man. Yeah. So she's going to get an honorary doctorate. Other people who've gotten that, that doctorate have been uh, Duke Ellington, Aretha Franklin, Smokey Robinson, and one of the alumnus is Quincy Jones. Awesome, man. So, so yeah. So that's it, man. Just trying to stay positive, brother. Good stuff. Hey, anything, CEO? No, I got nothing. Nothing comes from <laughs> I, just I think I let it all out. I got nothing. Well, you know what, hey, man? Let C- it, hey, CEO, <laughs> Before you, man, just tell us, you know, tell us where, where we can find you, brother. Absolutely. Do that, man. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me um, on social media at CEO Hayes. That's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow uh, my network. That's at The Breaks Media um, on all social media platforms. And lastly, you can go to TheBreaksMediaNetwork.com and you can check out all of our podcasts and bios and everything right from that website, as well as written blogs. We got written blogs up there, too. And you're streaming on Castropolis too, man. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You can catch us there, here now as well, which is new and amazing, man. It was so, it was, I, I, not that negative. I think saying caught off guard sounds negative, but it was a shock. I wasn't expecting to see it this past Saturday, but it brought a, a definite big smile to my face, man. And I'm I'm happy for the opportunity to connect with you, brothers. Man. Hey, hey, you know what, man? Let me one of my one of your craziest. That's me. One of your craziest episodes. Uh, the cautionary stamps. Who was that guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he was telling his stories. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. What's his name? What's his name? Yeah, that's Fame Black. That's my um. That's that's my brother. There, he's uh well, not my actual brother, but. He's uh, my podcasting brother. Me and him kind of came into podcasting around the same time. Yeah. Um, we were both doing um, a wrestling podcast, actually. He's one of the most talented people. So he writes for The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. He's an actor. He does comedy. He does music. One of the most talented people you ever meet, I promise you. Oh, it was it was hilarious, man. And, and he well, I, I won't go into the details, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess what, what do they do? They do this show called Sex with Strangers. Is that that's what he was going into? And yeah. um, and it was ran. You got to check out that episode. It's just his voice, his inflection as he's telling the story. 
is, is, is just hilarious. So, hey, man. Hey, keep doing your thing, uh, CEO Hayes. And again, thank you so much for being part of the network, man. We, we appreciate it. Thank you for trusting us with your content. We appreciate it. Hey. Oh, man, thank you for the opportunity. Yep. Let, uh, you can go to castropolis.net. Everything is there. Um, you can actually stream from there. Uh, you can also go to our IG page, stream links, everything you need to know. Uh, you can follow us, of course, of course, on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, SoundCloud, Podbean, TuneIn Radio. All you got to do is search Homies from the Block, GP3 Homies from the Block. Uh, make sure you support us on Patreon. That's how we pay the bills. That's how we keep the lights on. That's why we keep the stream going um, on Twitter at HomiesGP3. Uh, newsletters, all that good stuff's rolling. Y'all, hey, it's been a pleasure. Again, thank you so much, CEO Hayes for being in the building. I appreciate you. And uh, Rand, thank you so much, bruh. I really appreciate all you do, man. And with that, GP3 round 127 is in the can and we out of here. Peace. Peace. You've been listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap, SBDG, graphics, Lady J. Thanks for listening.